More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, hour number three, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I am Clay Travis, he is Buck Sexton. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Monday, wherever you may be, across this great country or this great land. As we roll on, encourage you to make sure you don't miss anything from the first couple of hours of the program. You can check that out on the podcast, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton, and encourage you also... If you're a big fan of the show, and let's be honest, how could you not be a big fan of the show? Clayandbuck.com. Go sign up for the VIP section of our show. Lots of cool behind-the-scenes activities going to be taking place there. Clayandbuck.com. So, the Summer Olympics, one year delayed, are currently going on in Tokyo. And we have never seen, in most of our lives fewer people watching the Olympics than are watching so far this year. I'll be honest with you. I think a big part of that is the 12 or 13 hour time difference from the East Coast in the United States. I think also not having fans present kills a lot of the vibe. Combine that with people having to wear masks to stand on the stage and receive their medals even though they compete without masks on. Um, And I think, and I'm curious if you agree with me here, Buck, there is just a general sense out there in the American public that by becoming so intensely political, across the board kind of in the world of sports, and I understand it's not all athletes, but it doesn't take very many, and certainly some of the most prominent athletes out there, the U.S. women's soccer team, Megan Rapinoe and her crew, and the U.S. men's basketball team, both of which have already lost. We talked about this on Friday. The U.S. women lost to Sweden. The United States men's basketball team lost for the first time in 44 Olympic competitions to France to begin their overall run. And I got to be honest with you, I feel like there are a lot of red-blooded, waving-the-flag Americans 
that either don't care about the Olympics this year or are even rooting against some of the woke athletes out there, even though they're fellow Americans. Vive la France! I was seeing over the weekend. They are the best basketball team in the world, apparently, Clay. Magnifique. This is what we see. So we had that going on, the French beating the Americans, which, first of all, when France beats us in anything that's not making fatty pastries, there's a problem. All right. Let's just be very or stinky cheese. They are still the global leader in the stinky wine. cheese. They're pretty good at wine. There are some good wines in other places, but that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But the Italians general, might have something to say right now. But yes, there's some very good wines in, in France. In general, getting beaten by the French in basketball, pretty humiliating. We have a lot of really good players on our team, but I think the reaction was much like what we saw when the U.S. women lost. And look, I've been saying this. I want to play. I've been saying you go woke, you get broke in the world of athletics for a long time. That's the natural reaction. And let me just explain this thesis for people out there who may not have worked through it. Sports, the idea is to appeal to every single person out there, regardless of their race, their religion, their ethnicity, their sexuality. That's what Michael Jordan represented. That's what Tiger Woods represented. And and really... It is the, the the phrase Republicans buy sneakers too, which Jordan has admitted he said, represented the desire to appeal to everyone in becoming a global icon. And I believe that LeBron James, Colin Kaepernick, Megan Rapino, athletes of that ilk, have destroyed that universal appeal. And even Larry Kudlow on CNBC has picked up on this. Let's listen to Kudlow. Well, listen, it's all very Orwellian. I agree with you. And, you know, one motto here is if you're going to go woke, you're going to go broke. This is a left wing agenda. So he's right. I and mean, this is this is true. And people have known this for a while, Clay. But here's a part of this that I I'm a little surprised by. Uh, and that is why we don't see there's a huge opportunity here for a team, you know, in, in a sport here in the Olympics or just an individual who has a breakthrough. Look, if if the top fencer on the U.S. team, uh, I don't think that would make a whole lot of difference. As much as I love ping pong, sober, not sober, ping pong's great, you know? As much as I love it, I don't think it would make a big difference. But for a an athlete who had a breakthrough moment or an athlete of considerable standing already, to just really lean into the, I love America, I'm proud to be an American representing the games, and I don't want to make this political in some way. I feel like there's an opportunity there, and I, I, I haven't seen anybody really seize on that, which I don't know if that's just because they don't want to, you know, they view that as being political and they don't want to do that, or they're worried about the backlash. But, you know, where's where's like the person who's taking the Apollo Creed approach here of I'm going to drape myself in the flag and be like Mr. America in the sports arena? It's a great question. And what I always say, people are like, well, sports have always been political or what? Okay, that's fine. But conservatives are not expecting for athletes to ever advocate for what we might believe in, right? I'll give you an example. There's nobody out there who expects after uh, a winning touchdown that somebody's going to be like, hey, we need way lower taxes. And you know what? Like the capital gains tax rate uh, proposals of Joe Biden, which would nearly double it and make it retroactive, that's really stupid. You know, like we're not expecting, I, I think candidly, 
for athletes in uh, in uniform at work to suddenly advocate for things that we might believe in, right? And so, really, this is not a two-way street. There are typically conservative uh, sports fans and or just reasonable sports fans are not arguing for the counterweight, although to your point, there may be a marketplace for it. They're not arguing for the counterweight. They're just arguing to let the sport and your excellence in the sport speak for itself. Like, I don't care, and I imagine most people out there don't care. I don't really care what Usain Bolt thinks about Jamaican politics. I care whether or not he's the fastest runner in the world. I don't care what Michael Phelps, who is on the NBC uh, stage right now, thinks about abortion in America. I just wanted him to be the best swimmer that he could. And so I wonder whether the pushback in the opposite direction that should come and will come is just, hey, I'm an athlete. I'm not that well-versed in most political issues, but I'm really damn good at shooting the three-pointer. But, but maybe maybe this has gone the same way that Hollywood has, in a sense, where the institution is so one-sided, is such a monoculture when it comes to politics, that we've known the Hollywood is left-wing for decades now. Now, you could yes. argue it's become more left-wing, but there has been no meaningful pushback on it being Democrat and leftist dominated for as long as I've been alive, quite honestly. I mean, it maybe has gone crazier and crazier. So I'm not sure that we'll see. I mean, I would think that now, and this is why I brought up somebody going in the opposite direction, you'd see a real pushback, even with the ratings being what they are and some of the, the downside of this. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like the backlash is powerful enough to make people who are political in sports want to be less political in sports. And then, I mean, I, I just saw this, too. You know, we had the uh, women's handball team from, was it Norway, that didn't want to wear the, um, the short shorts, the little short shorts. And so they want to wear kind of more like um, what we used to wear actually in rowing when I rowed in college, the, you know, uh, spandex, like a spandex you know above the knee. The Germans women's gymnastics team is in a fight against sexualization. They don't like wearing the so tiny, the tiny bikini-like thing when they're doing the big flips and the jumps and all. They don't like it, so now they're doing the full bodysuit. But it's funny to me because if they're fighting against sexualization, you look at these bodysuits and you say they are so good as well. <laughs> I, well, I just think that's really funny. Part of gymnastics. And look, I am far from a gymnastics expert. My wife will probably, if she happens to be listening right now, she was fifth in the state of Michigan, I think, in gymnastics. And so she's an expert in the in gymnastics field, much more so than me. But part of the need for the leotard lineup is so you can see the, you know, the lines and the body and the angles. So even if you're wearing like whatever you want to call it, a bat suit or a cat suit, it's still showing the same body, right? It's not like it's that much different in terms of that versus a leotard. And, oh, by the way, it's hard to say that you're opposed to the sexualization of gymnastics. Anybody who goes to a swimming pool this summer, I, you know, the, the, the bathing suits... Have, it, have you noticed this, Buck? You're a single uh, guy. I've you been can down in South this. Beach a lot visiting my two brothers, and I am not prudish about these things. And I will tell you, there are a lot of folks down there who are where you have to look hard... To find the bathing suit. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Like, the bathing suit has descended basically to the point. Like, I remember, I'm old enough to remember, when women used to cover their butts in the bathing suit. Now, it doesn't even attempt to cover the butt. Like, that's actually an attribute 
to the bathing suit. So I guess what I'm saying is it's hard to go against whatever the social moray is. So when I see gymnastics outfits, I don't think, oh my God, those are skimpy. They actually seem to me way more covering than the average girl is wearing at the average. So, so I, I actually don't America. believe I don't really believe that these these German women who have been doing this their whole lives and this is what they wear. I don't believe that they suddenly are like, oh, we feel sexualized. I think now there are people who we're in the Olympics. We need to make a statement. That's and what it's it is. Either about it's you know, women's equality or racial equality or social justice. And so people feel this impulse. And so because one team said we don't like the you know, the the booty shorts or whatever they call them. You know, we want something else. I think that's the official term. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's I'm not a handball expert. That's all. I think nobody is, which is why it's barely an yes. sport. But anyway, that I think that's what's going on. there. We could take some calls on this 800-282-2882. Are you watching less is kind of the question, because the data reflects that people are watching way less. But it used to be a big unifying thing. Don't you think, Buck, like the Olympics were a time when Americans came together? I don't get that sense today. Absolutely, because it has I think the politics of it is is a big part of it but but also uh that the time difference and uh a lot of these i think they've expanded the events to a point as well where there's so many events and people are just like what that's even an olympic sport now i mean it feels like nap time is about to become an olympic sport at any moment i'd be damn good at that i'd be amazing i'd get it done i will come back in a sec here but uh in the meantime we've got some folks writing in to tell us about relief factor and it's exactly what we expected huge benefits this is leah in ohio one sunday uh, i sat on my couch in so much pain i was in tears oh gosh leah i'm sorry that's the day i ordered relief factor following directions in eight days i found relief only to get better and better i took four packs a day for the first three weeks and with my first full month supply I'm only taking two packs daily. I'm truly amazed at this product. A 100% believer. Look, I know for sure Relief Factor is helping my parents, my mom and my dad who are taking it right now. And Clay, Relief Factor is even helping out the Travis family. I just talked about the fact that my wife was a uh, gymnast in the state of Michigan, did really well, fifth in the state of Michigan is my understanding in her senior year. And she's continued to be a great athlete, even as she has entered into her 40s and had three kids. But sometimes you get a little bit tired and a little bit of aches and pains. How about finding a way to address that? She is doing it with Relief Factor. She gets more out of her workouts now that they're helping alleviate post-workout pain for her. And she's not alone. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. And about 70% of them go on to order more You can join this crew, over half a million people, and order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. That's 800, the number four, relief. To get the $19.95 three-week quick start developed for you, relieffactor.com or 800, the number four, relief. Relief Factor, feel the difference. Thanks for being here with us on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Buck, and I said we'd get to your calls. We'll get to some of them in a moment here. We're talking about the Olympics and just the politics around it or in it and whether that's affecting the viewership and, and how much people care about any of this stuff these days. It's feeling increasingly clear that there's not a whole lot of uh, of interest in this um, compared to what there usually is. So let's get to these calls. Mike in Maryland. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? 
Good, good. I uh, listened to the show, and and uh, for, for the first time and probably uh, that I can ever remember, I've not watched one moment of the Olympics. Why? And, why uh, is that? It, yeah. Why? It, why are you making that choice? It's due to the wokeness of uh, of the athletes, and and uh, just lost all interest in in uh, just watching it. And I kind of sadly felt joy when the women lost and the and the men lost to France in basketball. I I was psyched when Sweden beat the U.S. women's soccer team because yeah. I'm sorry I, I think I think that's just that's uh, karma. I think that's justice. I was happy to see the women's national team. They're gonna you're gonna kneel, you lose to Sweden, I, I and agree. those Swedish ladies are not hard to root for. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> They're not hard to root for. No, I agree. Yeah. With, with Thanks for the call. I, I, I hate I hate that feeling, Buck, because I was in the crowd in 2015 when the U.S. women won the World Cup in Vancouver, and I felt like it was a national shared moment of enjoyment for all Americans, and it's helped. That's when really the U.S. women took off as these national icons, and I feel like they have squandered so much of the goodwill that they had based on their excellence by... Frankly, letting the Megan Rapino, uh, you know, version of the team, and by the Megan Rapino version of the team, I think I go to your point, Buck. There are women on that team that don't agree with Megan Rapino's left wing politics, but the overall, when she refused, for instance, in 2019 to go visit the White House and said "f you" to the president, like that is something that I think everybody thinks of, even if you're not particularly political. If you ever get invited to the White House, you go. Yeah, right? I think, if you're I think an that's athlete, a pretty clear That's a no-brainer to me. Brendan in West Virginia. Welcome to Clay and Buck Show. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> we got you. Yeah. Oh, great. Yes. How are you? Excellent. Great. What's on your mind? <laughs> what do you got for us, Brendan? Well, it, it, it started for me when they refused to stand for the national anthem. And my father, I've grown up with watching baseball games all my life, and my dad lives and breathes for it. And the, it, it started for me then, and I just, I can't, I hardly bear to watch any of this stuff now, just because it's the only outlet that we have to get out of this crazy world. Let's go relax and watch a ball game or, or watch the Olympics. And when they got to drag all the politics into it, it just completely deflates the balloon. There's no fun in it at all anymore because that's the way you go to get away from that kind of stuff for a little while. Brendan, we agree uh, that that's a lot of people are seeing it that way. Real quick, JR in Ohio, before we got to go, JR, we've got 30 seconds, but what's your take? Okay, so here's my take. To say I'm watching less of the Olympics is the understatement. Um, ever since, um, especially the women's soccer team, but the other uh, sports also, since they all became woke, it is unwatchable. I do not want anything to do with it. No one in my family is watching it. None of my close friends are watching it. I mean nothing. JR, and, we appreciate and, it, man. We wanted to hear from you. We wanted to get you in. But, Clay, I know you got to take us somewhere else now. I do, and i got to take you to a place where you can save a bundle of money. Look, listen to me carefully. You can be saving up to $1,000 a month. How much difference would that make for you and your family if you got a brand-new mortgage at an infinitely lower rate than you have right now? 
All I need you to do is pick up your phone and call 800-777-8109. 800-777-8109. Get those phones in your hand. You can also visit AmericanFinancing.net. Up to $1,000 a month. That's $12,000 a year that you could be saving. Mortgage rates have never been lower If you haven't already looked into a refi or if you haven't gotten pre-qualified, you need to trust me and call right now, 777-8109. That's 800-777-8109. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 
This is James Golden, or Boss Nerdly. I hope you're enjoying the podcast series, Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the golden EIB microphone. There's a dozen episodes that will remind you of the greatness of Rush, with so many amazing stories shared. I'm your host of this series, available wherever you listen to podcasts. My Pillow and Tunnel to Towers Foundation are both sponsors. Welcome back to the Clay and Buck show here. I'm Buck, and man, every day we do the show, it feels like we only are halfway through, but we're actually much further along than I anticipate. It feels like it flies by very quickly. Please do follow uh, us on social media, Clay on Twitter, uh, at Clay Travis. Follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Buck Sexton. I post a lot of stuff there. Had a photo of my dad on his 74th birthday, and me and Tallulah, you know, the eye candy. We had to have her there, too. In a photo yesterday, we posted that on Facebook, so you can check that stuff out. We've been saying for a while that what's going to happen here with COVID is there's going to be this this public-private pressure campaign from the government on down, where they'll say, oh, it's, it's not a mandate, it's not a mandate, it's just, you know, if you don't do it, we're going to make you miserable. And not only is the government going to try to make you miserable in what ways it can, even at the state or local level, but they're going to work with people in the private sector who buy into all this stuff. Um, but he, here's an example of it from the mayor of the largest city in America, Bill de Blasio, talking about how employees, you're going to have to mask up and get COVID testing and all kinds of stuff if you don't get the shot. If you are unvaccinated and you are a city employee, beginning on Monday, you must either... Wear a mask indoors at your work site at all times. Or if you would prefer not to, you have to immediately go get vaccinated. This is very, very clear. We will have to, unfortunately, be very tough if a city government employee does not wear a mask indoors and they're unvaccinated, there unfortunately will have to be consequences because we have to take seriously. If someone's unvaccinated, unfortunately, they pose a threat to themselves, but they also have a greater chance of spreading the disease. So they don't make any allowance for those, Clay, who have had the disease. So that doesn't count. So we're now we're outside the realm of science. And they're, they're saying they're going to fire people. I mean, this, this affects a few hundred thousand employees just in the city of New York alone. I think you're going to see this. And, you know, St. Louis brought back the mandate. Uh, other places have a mask mandate for everyone. But I think you're going to see more city governments with this in place now. I feel like, and this is going to be the case, because I'm not just trying to brag on us, but I think we have the smartest show in radio, period. We are going to be a couple of weeks to a month ahead, oftentimes, of where stories are. And we're going to be looking around the corner telling you where stories are headed. And if you look at the data coming out of Israel, and if you look at the data coming out of England, two countries with a more substantial rate of vaccination, what you are seeing is that what you are being sold right now, and I think this is a big difference between what you are selling and what is going to be delivered in terms of the expectation of the American public. I believe the average American out there listening to us right now, certainly the average blue check left wing brigade member, they believe that with the vaccine, COVID effectively becomes smallpox or it becomes polio. 
That's what the Fauci's of the world are selling us on, that we can effectively eradicate COVID. As you say, Buck, we can go to COVID zero. That's not what the data shows us. So right now they're saying the reason we aren't at COVID zero is because of those idiot Trump voters who won't get vaccinated. And we are going to put in place mad mandates to make their lives miserable. What we are going to see in sports is an important window. But as I said, Israel and England is as well, is that there are going to be a ton of breakthrough and breakthrough infections here because According to Pfizer, uh, sorry, according to Israel, the Pfizer vaccine is only 39% effective against the Delta variant. Now, hopefully it limits the overall severity of infection, but this idea that you're able to tell whether somebody is getting COVID and they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, I think over the next month, that distinction will vanish and it will be almost impossible to tell why or how people are getting COVID. But in the meantime... Get ready for a whole lot of browbeating, of haranguing, harassing, nagging from all across the Democrat industrial complex uh, in the media, the Democrat Party. And you're going to hear a lot of people talking about how you, you, you have a choice, but your choice is to be constantly harassed and agitated and suffer annoying, stupid restrictions or get the shot. And even if that means getting the shot again in six months, they don't care. Get it or else. Here's an example, and I want to juxtapose this with a different position they were taking before, but uh, Joe Scarborough, who, I, I mean, I, this guy's he's doing some performance theater where he goes on TV as a alleged Republican or former Republican or whatever he is, saying whatever the Democrat loon MSNBC audience wants to hear. Here he is on how you don't want the shot, find a new job. It's time for Joe Biden. It's time for Democrats. It's time for serious Republicans to start ignoring the ground noise and start focusing on the signal. And the signal is this. If you're a school teacher, if you're a nurse, if you're a cop, you need to get vaccinated. And if you don't, you need to look for another job. Can I just say that, first of all, the authoritarian impulse from Democrats on display during this entire pandemic situation is something that I hope every American remembers for a very long time. I mean, this is a massive Milgram-style experiment where we've seen if Dr. Fauci told you electrocuting your neighbor would save people from COVID, about half the country would do it, maybe more, and they'd keep doing it. Wait, hold on. How does electrocuting my neighbor actually stop COVID? Hold on. The data doesn't support this. Fauci <laughs> says do it, so you got to do it because of the droplets, right? So we know that that's been a part of this all along. But I also remember when... The teachers unions didn't want to have their employees going back into school in the 2020 uh, 2021 school year, Clay. And the data supported teachers going back in cops, first responders. They all had to go do their jobs. But teachers, because they're important to Democrats, were in a separate category. Oh, we can't put them at risk from the covid. So they got to do all this work from home stuff. Where was Joe Scarborough with if you're a teacher, go to work or you're fired? It's all Guys, politics. It's so well said. And not only did teachers who are comparatively well paid and get off substantial amounts of time not have to go to work, but all the people that allowed our uh, country to continue to function, truck drivers, uh, grocery store workers, people at gas stations, all these people who make way less money oftentimes, certainly grocery store and gas station employees do, fast food workers, 
all these people uh, people preparing uh, food remotely, even if their restaurants weren't open, all of these people make far, far less than teachers. And frankly, if you want to consider the long-range impact, have way less impact on kids, right, in terms of their ability to learn and their ability to hopefully grow and progress to the point where they can one day be fully functional members of society. And nobody, I mean, I know you were screaming it from the rooftops, and I certainly was screaming it from the rooftops on my show, but comparatively, almost no one said, hey, every teacher should have to be back at work right now. We can do this safely. They aren't under any greater risk than a grocery store worker would be. And almost no one was willing to look at the data or the science then. And now you're demanding that people have to get shots in order to go back to work. I mean, it's all insanely hypocritical. And uh, and frankly, I can understand why it leads to overwhelming distrust of the media and people in positions of power because they lied so much for so long to so many. And don't let the Democrats have their cake and eat it too on this one. If it's so obvious that de Blasio in New York and Garcetti in L.A. and all these other places that either are or are about to institute vaccine mandates for employees and want private sector businesses to do it, too, then they should be pushing. Why, why doesn't the White House just say why, why let them have it both ways, which is what they want to do. Right. The Biden White House says, oh, no, we don't want mandates. But then all their Democrat underlings are pushing for the mandates. Well, if it's so important, where's the pressure from the Democrats at the state and local level to say, hey, Biden should just come out and say we need a federal vaccine mandate, right? Again, be honest. Have the courage of your convictions, libs. Stop playing games. But they won't do it because they know there'd be a political backlash. So they don't want to have to deal with the consequences of the mandate. They want a stealth mandate at the state and local and private sector instituted level with the White House doing this wink and a nod thing. As you can tell, I find this all very very agitating but we'll come back take some calls talk to you more about where this is all heading and set up what's going to be a riveting show tomorrow but you know we're going to be thinking more and more in the months ahead about the legacy of uh, the war in afghanistan the war in iraq the war on terror as we all know and the tunnel to towers foundation helps us keep our commitment to never forget this year, the foundation is honoring Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders with 200 mortgage-free homes. Chairman and CEO Frank Siller is paying tribute to the fallen by walking from the Pentagon to Shanksville and on to Ground Zero. That's more than 500 miles through six states in 42 days, the month of August, Clay, through 9-11. Yeah, and they'll have towers of light, Buck, that are shining at the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials in remembrance and the names of those we lost to 9-11 related illness will be read aloud at a ceremony on September 12th. Plus, on Veterans Day, the names of those we lost in the war on terror will also be said aloud. Do good and help America to never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Welcome back in. Final segment, Monday edition of the program. I am Clay Travis. He is Buck Sexton. This is the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. And we have had, I think, a pretty stellar show on Monday, breaking down everything that took place over the weekend, rolling through all the uh, big stories of today. And by the way, we're talking about, uh, Buck, where we're headed. There's an interesting storyline. If you believe like I do, 
Right now, everybody who's unvaccinated is the problem, even though, as we talked about earlier in the show, Buck, the blame is all on Trump voters, even though by a large margin, black voters who overwhelmingly support Joe Biden are the least likely to be vaccinated right now. But if you look at the NFL, the NFL right now is trying to create a massive distinction between vaccinated and unvaccinated as it pertains to COVID. And they're saying you're going to have to forfeit games. You're going to have to forfeit game checks. All these other they're even making buck vaccinated players and unvaccinated players are wearing different color wristbands to identify players who are saying, hey, I don't want to be vaccinated versus those that have. And what we're already seeing is a massive number of athletes are going to get covid again because they're getting tested every day. And even if they've already had the vaccine and even if they've already had COVID, the new Delta variant is coming through. They may be asymptomatic. They may not have significant issues, but they're trying to make a big difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated. I think that's going to blow up. I think if you look at Israel and you look at England, we're going to see a massive number of people who are vaccinated that are still testing positive for COVID. And I think the expectations are that that's not going to happen. And I think it's going to be a massive issue for the Joe Biden administration when it starts to happen. And Dr. Fauci. We've got uh, Wayne in New York wants to talk to us about this uh, COVID sports issue. Wayne, what's up? Hi. How are you guys? We're good. I, I am, uh, I'm in central New York. I'm like three and a half hours from the city. I, I'm a rural. But I've always been a diehard Giants fan and a Yankees fan and everything all my life. But I always loved NASCAR, too. And, uh, well, I haven't watched the Giants or the Yankees or any of these pro sports in years. I concentrate on NASCAR, and believe me, they are not woke. I went to a race less than a month ago at the Poconos, Pocono Raceway, and let me tell you, when the pastor did the invocation to bless the drivers, the fans, the crews, everybody, People cheered, and when they played the National Anthem, no one had a problem standing up and putting their hat and their hand over their heart. Wayne, we appreciate it. I know NASCAR, um, people have been saying, Clay, golf, uh, you've said on this show, golf has benefited from the fact that it is still considered. There's patriotism for American golfers is still very much a thing that is is, is prominent, and NASCAR clearly has uh doesn't have this wokeness issue. David in Minnesota has an interesting thought on the go woke go broke. David, welcome. Hey, you guys rock. I'll do this in sixty seconds. Kaepernick realized that he sucked as a quarterback, so he said, "Aha! You know what? I'll go make money being an activist." And he has. LeBron almost hit a billion now, or did hit a billion. Uh, Mr. Rapinoe, I don't think he's hurting for endorsements. Last time I checked, but I want to focus on these woke corporations mainly i'll just use coke as an example the one of several at the end as rush used to say do not doubt me at the end of the year the end of the fiscal year they're going to go to that stock puppet joe biden and they're going to say hey uncle joe uh we did our part for the revolution we threw in we're down to the uh, and we took a 20 25 hit in our revenue so you know we need 150 200 million to make us whole is that all Thanks for the call. Look, I would say we had the caller earlier talking about NASCAR, and that was a a screaming uh, conclusion there. But I would say the overwhelming majority of sports fans are not woke. Go to an arena, go to a stadium. The vast majority of people stand with their hats off when the national anthem is played, and they respect and honor that fact. And 
I think what has happened is people have lost their mind trying to kowtow to the 10 or 15% of woke sports fans, and they've allowed them to destroy it for everybody yeah. else. I mean, the hardliners, just go look at the uh, history of the October Revolution, the Soviet Union, any number of places around the world. You don't have to be in the majority. You don't even have to be popular, but the extremists often go the distance because they're the most committed. And you see this in many aspects of our society where people now who demand the most absurd uh, sensitivity levels and and have the greatest demand of wokeness that's constantly shifting too. I think that's important. There's always this what's woke enough today is not going to be tomorrow. And so you're just uh, feeding the crocodile, so to speak, hoping that it eats you last because eventually it will come for all of us. But we'll continue to uh, to follow this issue as it plays out in the in the Olympics. And and I will be our special. Uh, you know, German bodysuit correspondent <laughs> to make sure that we know where that issue ends up. And will other teams follow follow suit on that one? But, you know, we just had Joe Biden announce the uh, the end of uh, combat operations entirely in Afghanistan. Subject we can get into tomorrow, to be sure, as well as big tech colluding all the biggest names on the Internet to go after white nationalist extremism online, which you might say, yeah, white nationalist extremism is obviously a bad thing. Do you think they're going to stop there? Do you, you think that Trump supporters who aren't white nationalists at all aren't going to be pulled into this in some way? So we'll be talking to you about Big Brother Big Tech coming for you tomorrow. That's going to be a critical part of this. Please, if you haven't already, follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Sexton. Follow Clay on Twitter. That's his uh, preferred place to shed light and wisdom onto things. Clay, excellent show, my good man. No, it's been a lot of fun, and I can't wait to dive in tomorrow. Biggest story that I think is out there, period. Big tech collusion and how it's impacting all of our lives. It's happening in a big way. We'll lead with it tomorrow on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.